This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. We spoke with Dan Herbert, Jason Van Dyke's defense attorney at the bottom of the 7 o'clock hour coming up. We have Joe McMahon, who is the Kane County State's Attorney and the Special Prosecutor in the case uh, uh, against Van Dyke. Uh, He uh, had uh, this to say on Friday after the verdict. The end of this trial marks an opportunity for this city to come together. This investigation, this criminal prosecution of Jason Van Dyke, I believe reflects our shared values and has been the result of people simply doing the right thing. Today our justice system fulfilled its obligation of justice for all. And uh, of course the implications, this is an international story, the implications Mm -hmm. extend beyond this case and uh, beyond this city and state. And that was the point that um, uh, Laquan McDonald's uncle, Reverend Marvin Bradley, made at Rainbow Push. We believe that this fight for justice for Laquan represented a fight for families across this country that have tried over and over again to get justice. Hmm. Uh, It is worth noting, and I know Joe McMahon is going to discount this because his political and philosophical leanings have nothing to do with his job as a prosecutor. However, since we make mention of people's backgrounds in every other context, then I'm going to make mention of it here. And for all of those Chicago liberals celebrating the Van Dyke convictions, the man responsible who led the prosecution is a white male (gasps) suburban Ah. conservative. Oh, the horror. So maybe in part of going back to McMahon's statement, part of, you know, this kind of uh, shared values unifying event going forward can be dispensing with the nonsense and intellectual poison that is identity politics, which is otherwise celebrated in Chicago. And Laquan McDonald's great uncle, who you just heard from, you know, he was very candid. It was a very long press conference that he had. And he had mentioned, you know, we were nervous at first. You had this white man from Kane County where you all know, and he looked at him and said, you all know what it's like to get pulled over in Kane County as a black man. So and he no, said and no, he praised what's it like? well I, I don't I mean yeah, but he right. praised him for the work that he did yeah and thanked him so he said because others wouldn't believe him but we believed in this man and he he delivered so uh, perhaps a teachable moment on multiple levels here and that's one of the underreported levels I would suggest for uh, more on the prosecution and the verdict we're pleased to be joined by the aforesaid Kane County State's Attorney special prosecutor in this in this case I think a lot of people forgot that. There was a special prosecutor from outside Cook County in this case, and his name is Joe McMahon, who joins us now. Joe, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Uh, Glad to be here, Dan and Amy. Thanks. Uh, So um, just the process uh, for you and your team uh, being brought in from outside Cook County to try this politically, racially charged case in Cook County. Give us some background on that. So uh, maybe two and a half years ago, I think it was probably June of 2016, I received a letter from Judge Gawne. Uh, I think it was a letter that uh, he sent out to a number of other state's attorneys across the state. I don't know for sure, but I know I'm not the only one. Uh, asking if I was willing to uh, accept the appointment of special prosecutor. And 
I looked at that. I uh, considered it. I talked to um, colleagues of mine inside and outside the office about um, whether I should accept the appointment, what that would mean for our workload internally, and you know, ultimately decided um, it, it was the right thing to do. Um, I, I feel very strongly that the case should have been prosecuted uh, by a public prosecutors, one of the state's attorneys or one of the public prosecutors across the state. And I knew I knew I could put together a team that could do it what was as the, well as anyone. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge you faced? Um, I, probably the, uh, the, the workload on this case was, it was immense at times. I mean, the volume of information that was transitioned from the Cook County State's Attorney's Office to my office. Uh, getting up to speed on that as quickly as possible. And then, you know, the other big challenge, you you touched on it just a, a moment ago, um, overcoming the public perception of, you know, could I do it? Could we do this case? Would Would we be, how would we be received by the community? And this case, because of all of the issues that are, you know, part of the narrative on this case, um, you know, our, our work needed to be accepted by the community. And then we needed to be able to deliver on those results in the courtroom. Most of uh, those reacting who wanted to see Jason Van Dyke convicted are satisfied with the verdict, the conviction for second-degree murder, the 16 counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Were you satisfied with the verdict? Is that what you anticipated? Uh, I am absolutely satisfied. Um, the jury was incredibly thoughtful and, and we we certainly uh, watched them during the trial they were um, you know very attentive um, you know to get the second degree murder they had to find that we proved first degree murder beyond a reasonable doubt and then they worked through the jury instructions and the law on whether or not there's a mitigating factor and they found that and you know, they, they found him guilty of all 16 um, aggravated battery counts. A big part of our theory that uh, the first shot and all 16 shots were unnecessary, and and their verdict's consistent with that theory. So I am completely satisfied and grateful for the work yeah, that, to uh, me, that the jury did. That, to me, is an important point because, of course, so much was made in the public arena and media uh, in debate about this 16 shots uh, and— the key here is they the, the first shot was as unlawful as the 16th, according to the jury. So he should have never discharged his weapon. So it just becomes a matter of, uh, you know, the number of times it's redundant to the first decision they made, which is that he should not have discharged his weapon. That 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 was um, that's really a key takeaway from this verdict. It is. I completely agree. I mean, uh, it, central to our theme and to our strategy was that he had other options and he should not have shot that first time. Well, do you have, um, um, and, oh, sorry for interrupting. Continue. It's okay. Um, do you feel bad for Jason Van Dyke and do you realize how stressful being a Chicago police officer is? Uh, absolutely. I feel, I know how stressful it is to be a, uh, a police officer and, you know, they, they have an incredibly difficult job and um, certainly I, I feel for, Jason's family, uh, you know, I learned uh, a little bit hearing about what they're going through during the course of this trial, and 
there are a lot of tragedies all around on this case, and Mr. Van Dyke's uh, family is, is part of that tragedy as well, and, and I, 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 feel, I feel for them as well. But you know, my focus had to be, and it, it has been from day one, on the actions of Jason Van Dyke. And, and one of the other takeaways from this case is that you know, no one is above the law, that the rule of law we talk about it applies to everyone, and it applies to a police officer. We put high expectations on them, and they have an incredibly dangerous job, but um, they have to comply with the law as well. When um, uh, the decision was made to put Van Dyke uh, on the stand to testify in his own defense, uh, a decision that um, we just talked to Dan Herbert, uh, his defense attorney, who said, I I don't regret doing that. Ultimately, obviously, it's the client's decision, but I don't regret doing that because uh, Jason felt like I don't want this to be decided by politics, meaning just uh, the judge. I want a jury to hear me out. Uh, the jury, ultimately, in post-verdict interviews, suggested they didn't believe Van Dyke. They didn't find him credible. Do you, uh, were you surprised that uh, Van Dyke and his counsel made that decision to uh, testify? Uh, you know, we were prepared either way, uh, but in a self-defense case where uh, you know, their theory was that he was uh, acting to protect uh, his life. Uh, I, I think I, I don't. I'm, I'm not second guessing the decision that he and his client made, and he's right. Ultimately, it's a decision that uh, Mr. Van Dyke had to make. Had to make. Um, so, not completely surprised, but uh, as I said, we were we were ready. We were ready for his uh, testimony. Herbert also said that uh, the expectation, as the FOP announced, is that they will appeal this decision. He believes, does Herbert, that uh, there are appealable issues, both the decision by the judge not to accede to a change of venue, as well as the jury instructions uh, per what uh, the defense had requested, what uh, the judge decided, and some of the comments by jurors after the fact, for example, Herbert mentioned one juror saying he should have, you know, used something less lethal than his gun initially, and that runs afoul of the jury instructions. How do you, how do you respond to the the possibility of an appeal and those as appealable issues? Well, you know, every criminal conviction results in a in an appeal, so uh, it it doesn't surprise me that uh, you know they're saying there's going to appeal. There is an appeal in every criminal case. Uh, we went through extensive pretrial hearings on the change of venue issue. Uh, the judge heard from uh, two experts, uh, you know, one that we brought in who was local and one that they brought in uh, from another state. Uh, and then to follow up on that, the judge went through uh, really uh, detailed jury questioning, uh, individual questioning about uh, people's ability to be fair. And if they did know something about the case prior to its start, would they have the ability to set that aside and make a decision based on just what they heard during the trial? And that was made crystal clear during jury selection. So, uh, well, I recognize that that'll be an appeal. Um, we're prepared for that, and, and I'm confident in the approach that uh, Judge Gawn uh, implemented and followed in this case. What do you expect to happen on the sentencing hearing? Do you, how many years do you think he'll get behind bars? Can you predict that or any thoughts? Yeah, so I don't I, – I, I, I'm not going to predict that. Uh, we're just starting. I mean, we have done some uh, preliminary work on uh, sentencing issues, but um, I, I'm going to uh, 
you know, restrict my comments to what sentencing should be once we're in court at that sentencing hearing. Ultimately, that's a, that's a judicial decision. That is, I can make a recommendation, but ultimately that's a, that's a decision for Judge Gawne to make. Uh, Dan Herbert, uh, Van Dyke's defense attorney, suggested he may be facing uh, as few as six years uh, in prison. That seems like uh, that sentence would not be received well from the public. Uh, perhaps it wouldn't be received well by you either. Can you give us a sense of uh, order of magnitude? Are we talking about uh, uh, a sentence that's likely in uh, counted in decades and not individual years? You know, what I'm prepared to do is talk about the possibility, and, and you both and your listeners know what that range is on second-degree murder. Um, you know, under the law, he's eligible for probation, and if he's sentenced to prison, the range is between 4 and 20 years. Mm-hmm. On the aggravated battery counts, uh, the sentencing range, it is a mandatory prison sentence, and that range is between 6 and 30. So uh, we'll confine our arguments to the, the sentencing range, and Again, that's a decision for Judge Gawne to make. Um, you heard what I said at the outset, and um, um, I sort of anticipated your answer, but I'll ask the question to get your answer anyway, which is, you know, just the nature of uh, sort of what you said in your uh, post-verdict comments that uh, about shared values and the idea that, frankly, your profile, white suburban male Republican can go try a case in Cook County against a white cop uh, essentially on behalf of a black uh, young man, and um, people can be satisfied across the range of races and uh, every other identity under the sun that the case was prosecuted fairly, at least those that believe Van Dyke was to be convicted. And the point is, even those who didn't, this, uh, uh, this, this story, at least this specific case, the, the four corners of this case, uh, becomes much less about uh, race or any other identity uh, in the process, and it's about the facts and the rule of law, as you suggested. People across this state and across this country uh, expect honesty. They expect uh, its public servants to, to work hard and to do that work with integrity. And that message resonates uh across every corner and every community and across the spectrum, the political spectrum of this state. And that's what I knew we would bring. Um, and that, that's what we did our best to, to make sure we did in this case. Dan Herbert uh, said that uh, that verdict will result in Chicago police officers becoming security guards. Uh, is that a concern? Do you have a comment about that comment? Uh, the police officers that I know go to work every day and they work hard and they, they, put their lives uh, on the line. Um, They make personal sacrifices. It takes an incredible toll on them immediately or uh, uh, emotionally. Uh, And I I know they'll continue to do that. Um, They go to work because they believe in protecting the public. And I'm grateful for that. And I believe that um, police officers will continue to do that across this country. He is Joe McMahon. He's the Kane County State's Attorney who was the special prosecutor in the Jason Van Dyke case. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, both of you. Have a great day. You, you too. too. Yep. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Before you see it on TV, share it on Facebook or read about it in the paper. Hear it here first. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The Answer.